0: On this episode of the Rich Ad for Ad podcast, we have Dennis Hexad, a local Austin guy, shouts out there. And he's the co-founder over at Live Recover, the cart recovery tool powered by Humans for Ecom. It's perfect for, for smaller businesses, larger businesses. if You want to get some SMS scanning cart? You know, check them out. You know where to go. And we dive into his you know Rich Ad. He's been running for well over six months, generating well over six figures, and how simple this ad actually is. We dive into what makes it so good, demoing his actual product and service, kind of give everybody an idea of what's good there. And on the poor ad side, we dive into of course a very poor podcast placement on a podcast. (laughs) So this one's super juicy. You know, Jennifer's a great guy. He provides some awesome value. If you're into, you know, the e-com scene and you know have an e-comm store, send to this one because the value bombs are swap. Um, I think depending on like where you are in your life, like a lot of people want to make money and a lot of people also are like find themselves above opportunities sometimes uh, mentally, right? Like I have some friends who don't, you know, aren't maybe in the best financial situation, but they also won't go do (laughs) common jobs. And like, I'm not saying you need to go work at a store or go do something like basic, but like there are so many creative ways to make money online or in person. And I think that like. I don't know I just think that you shouldn't be above any opportunities and so like even you know our business is a you know seven figure a year profitable business but I still think that my co-founder and probably anybody on our team and myself are still doing side hustles and not full time to the point of getting distracted but it's like
1: listening to the Rich Ad, Poor Ad podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend. You'll hear about what's working for them today, their rich ads, and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads. Let's get into it. All right, y'all. We're back in
0: action this fine Friday afternoon with another episode of the Rich Ad, Poor Ad podcast. Now, today we have an awesome local Austin guest. I'm pretty pumped about it. I've been following this guy on Twitter for a while, and it took me a while to get him on the podcast. But hey, here he is. So we have Dennis Hextad, the co-founder of Live Recover, the cart recovery powered by humans for e-com. So if you're into e-com and you need ban abandoned cart recovery, this is the best podcast to listen to. So without further hype, Dennis, what's good, man? Yo, what's going on? I appreciate you uh, letting me on here. Yeah, man, thanks for coming on. I was, uh, I had to kind of find, you know, track you down a little bit. <laughs> it took a little while, but hey, we made it. <laughs> Twitter DMs are not the best. Like, I wish there was a way for them to resurface them or like an easier way to search because I, I need like bookmarks because I have so many DMs and Twitter is LinkedIn for me and I'm not like active enough at managing it. But then I scroll back, I'm like, oh wait, I want to do that. I need to talk. I want to talk to that guy or that girl or like we should connect. Anyway, yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad that I. <laughs> Followed up, and I, pro- I apologize. No, you're good. Yeah, yeah. Twitter messages suck. I posted that video of the MacBook with the crazy screens, and that kind of blew up. And my things flooded, and it's it's gotten very hard to keep up with for sure. <laughs> but sweet man, so give everybody an idea of kind of who you are. That way, people have some context. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm Austin local. I I'm a co-founder of the of a text message marketing app for Shopify. Or it started as Shopify only, but now we do. Big Commerce, great joy, WooCommerce, Shopify, Magento. Um, yeah, large. My, I mean, my main focus is obviously on SaaS and and I guess just creating businesses. But I had a background in e-commerce, and you know, I've been doing that for I guess since since MySpace, so since two thousand and seven. Uh, yeah, about thirteen years. Man, I think you're the first one to bring up MySpace on the podcast, and that right there is an achievement itself. <laughs> yeah, shout out, Tom. Oh, <laughs> uh, The best friend of everybody. Yes, man, that's cool. So, how long has Lab Recover been around for? We launched our beta, and I think created our LLC in July of 2018, and I think we had our first customer and our first you know dollar of revenue. Let's just say in August of 2018. So, a- about 30 months. Hell yeah, man! That's quite some growth there. And I, I, did y'all start off just on Shopify then, or did you you know how did y'all kind of you know frame that out in the beginning? Yeah, starting out, we didn't necessarily like, we, Shopify was the easiest place to start. Obviously, it wasn't the only place to start. There's WooCommerce and all these other ones, but Shopify had the best app ecosystem. And so for us, it kind of was like the most obvious place and it turned out to be, you know, the right bet to make. But now as we've grown, we've definitely tried to, you know, start diversifying off Shopify just to, you know, spread our reach, I guess. That's exciting, man. Heck Yeah. Yeah, I know when it comes to developing these apps, it's got to be a mess sometimes to let them speak to these platforms because they're all so different. I would imagine it's probably a mess on the engineering side. But then again, I'm not an engineer, so I'm not sh- too sure there. <laughs> yeah, I would say I don't 100% know because I'm not writing <laughs> our code either. You know, shout out my CTO and our engineers because they're great. But um, you know, it did take us about, I would say about eight months to... We basically rebuilt our platform, platform one that's up kind of publicly, just services Shopify. Now, if you go, it'll ask you what platform you want to use, right? So we did have to rebuild everything. But, you know, I think that's just part of staying, staying alive in the, in the space. If we just kind of focus on Shopify, there would be other competitors that might, you know, undercut us or whatever the case may be. So we always want to be, you know, one step ahead instead of chasing the person in front of us. Yeah, and and what kind of businesses work best for y'all's platform? Or is it kind of the bigger spenders and is it somebody just kind of getting started out? What's your kind of sweet spot there? Um that's a great question. And I think it's it's weird because I think that like if you talk about numbers and you say, oh, like who's who's get who who feels the impact the most, right? If I said, oh, one of our stores recovers five million dollars a year. Um, which is true. but that brand might be doing a hundred million a year. Yeah, five million dollars added is a huge amount of money. But if you but like does that brand owner feel that the same way that someone who's making like you know five thousand dollars a month or or even only a thousand dollars a month is, and then all of a sudden they use our app and they add you know two hundred dollars a month more. That's the difference between like maybe reinvesting in an ad campaign or doubling down on a product or a brand or an idea. Because like you just, you know, you needed to see some return. And so it's always expensive. I mean, Facebook's getting more and more expensive, right? So I think, you know, I think the smaller brands actually feel the impact the most, which is where, you know, what we want to do is help help brands and business owners recover more sales, right? Um, but in terms of numbers, obviously, bigger volume stores make the most money. <laughs> but that I think that'd be a question for the brand owners specifically, not so much myself, because I'd rather help a small brand, you know, Get started from a personal perspective. But if you're asking me who makes us the most money, then I obviously want the big brands. But like, do I want one or the other? And no, I mean, I want both and all the ones in between. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's not really a one size fits all. And I think that's super nifty how you can, you know, impact smaller businesses to where it's a lot larger, but wow, this is super legit versus somebody's doing a hundred million and, you know, gets five million to where five percent versus you know uh, get a pat on the back for optimizing we don't like change the trajectory of their career their business um but i do think that they're like to to hit to hit on that we do i think customers that are enterprise scale that like if you have a team of of customer service agents or a you know customer experience team that's full-time and you have enough resources to to manage sms as a channel with your own texting you know your own team then you probably outgrew us right we're not fit necessarily for enterprise that's not to say that that might change in the future but for now since we're a managed service meaning you you download our app you connect our, your store to our shop uh, our app right and then our texting agents do the messaging on your behalf but bigger brands that have you know enough resources might not need that help and so uh that's something that we're figuring out Ooh, i'm pumped for this one man so while well, we got to know you a little bit more we love to kind of dive into what's working really good for you at this kind of point in time. So, what is your rich ad, Dennis? Um, the rich ad I guess, and I mean, we've been running this ad for over a year and a half without much change, right? We we take the same ad, we've changed some colors, we might like change some icons, a few things, but once you find a winner, like it's very easy to make variations of that winner that to Facebook are new and unique. And also um, slightly different so that you can, you know, if an ad obviously has decay and dies, if the, there's a lot of negative comments or feedback or just like over time, obviously, you don't just see the same ad running for a really long time. But our best ad, this, I guess, the rich ad is essentially just a conversation screenshot of us having a conversation, one of our texting agents with a customer and showing kind of how our product works in real time. And then just calling out the people you know exactly who we who we want to talk to obviously facebook advertising policy is very sensitive but so we say things like you know we know we know that two of these things that, that these two things are true your store is on shopify and you want more sales well like we're just saying that if those things are true to you then you're probably going to resonate with the ad and you're probably going to click and then if you see the, the image it's got a shopify icon and it's got you know, a conversation and some dollar signs, and like all of a sudden, it's yeah. We've probably had four thousand or five thousand stores sign up from that single ad alone. Man, is it a static image of y'all talking? Static or... image, yeah. Yeah, man. I remember video used to be king, but I, this year, I mean, the last like like six months, static images are just outperforming videos. In fucking most accounts, it seems like. Yeah, we have one video that was a UGC. I I, I really like this ad, I and mean, this would be my rich ad if the other one wasn't still the winner. It'd be like the runner up, but tiktok format of which is like a specific type of like meme it's like you take i took a screenshot it was actually a video of me scrolling my homepage, the landing page of live recover.com and then i had my face in front of it and i was talking about our our business so that i don't know exactly what i said but i said like like hey are you on shopify and you want more sales Well, you should swipe up because without a credit card, you don't need a credit card to start and we'll give you $500 in recovered sales for free. And while you're listening to me talk, you're seeing the like value prop of the website scrolling behind me. Uh, And that is a video ad, but it almost primes the customer to know what to expect on the landing page because you're actually showing them the website while they're watching you and listening Mm -hmm. to you talk. Uh, Obviously that ad format, might not be able to work for everyone because it requires you to be a little bit comfortable on camera and maybe a little bit like impromptu in terms of what you're going to say. Like I didn't, you know, try to write something down or read off of a script. Like we're talking about a 15 second DIY ad here, but that ad cost me $0 uh, and so did the other one. Right. So I think we've spent $0 on creative for our ads in 30 months uh, and we've spent, you know, Hundreds of thousands of dollars on, on paid ads on Facebook since we launched. When it comes to the return of these ads, are they pretty solid there? Is it, you know what kind of metrics are you looking at if you can share Yeah, this- So yeah. for us, it's different. For it's a little harder for us because we're, you know, we're a SaaS business and we don't we have a free trial. So like when someone signs up, of course, we know certain things about them. We do something called lead scoring. So we want to know, like, okay, depending on what plan you're on for Shopify, or depending on how many sales you've had in the last seven days, 30 days, or depending on your Quantcast score, or depending on all these data points, we measure the stores and we give them a lead score and we pass that information back, that value back to Facebook. And so it's it's never really like we know exactly how much the ROI is going to be. We just back into what's the cost per lead, what's the cost per completed registration, and then what's the cost per billing activation. Uh, those are the, the main metrics we look at. I mean, of course, like smaller things like, you know, landing page click-through rate and click-through rate and, and conversion rate from the homepage to, and Facebook to homepage and things like that. But uh, for us, it's really, really the measurement, the high level measurement really just cost per act, cost per registration. Like how much does it cost to get someone in the door, not just the email, but signed up, connected the app and, and basically ready to start their trial. How many people go from trial to actually paying you like did have you tried any different ways to try and you know boost that little conversion rate there, or is that pretty pretty stagnant? um we when we started out, we were actually performance based only, so we didn't have any monthly fees, and that made it really hard to determine how much a potential customer might be worth because yeah. if they weren't willing to pay our subscription fee of forty nine a month or ninety nine a month, then it was like, damn, we might just be in a big hole, and we didn't know what someone was worth at, at the minimum. But if I spend, Let's, sp- let's say I spent a hundred dollars, or let's just say I spent two hundred dollars to acquire you as a customer, and you and I know you're going to activate the hundred dollar a month plan. And the LTV data shows that you stay for twelve months. Well, then obviously, like I just made a six x. My time to break even is two months, which means I don't probably have to raise money or use any kind of external financing because I can float two months. Uh, so it all—all all those numbers just, you know, it depends on your on your business and you know what your LTV is and like you know average revenue per user per month and things like that. But For us facebook is profitable ish but also just to be like front like top of mind and and you know like the market's huge so i think for us we we've only scratched the surface uh we have a couple thousand paying monthly customers and we want that to be in the tens of thousands of monthly paying customers so we have a long way to go
1: man i'm loving this to be honest this is exciting this episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's ad card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. And if you're an advertiser spending tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on ads, and you're in e commerce and you're looking for more capital or credit to scale, then you're probably familiar with solutions like Shopify Capital, Brex, and Clearbank. The problem with these solutions is the cost of capital is expensive and they take a percentage of your revenue. One of the beauties, with ad card when you combine it with one of our in-network of our 5,000 in-network agency partners you have the opportunity to qualify for free ad capital funding where we'll load up your ad card with an additional fifty thousand dollars all the way up to a million dollars of additional capital to deploy on platforms like Facebook, Google, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube and more. So if that's you, if you're in e commerce, spending a ton on ads, and you're looking for a way to decrease the cost of, of capital, check out Ad Card. We'll get back to the show.
0: That's pretty freaking sick to hear. Now, while that is the rich ad of the segment, I kind of want to hear about something that could have crashed and burned. So, what is your poor ad? Um, I don't know if it was a specific ad, like it wasn't a Facebook ad, that's for sure, but we, and maybe this isn't the place to to say it, but I I don't have any other examples. So for us, the worst place that we've had a poor ad was on podcast ads, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we tried, we tried sponsoring all these other podcasts that were like e-commerce and Shopify focused and, and SEO focused and and this and that. And we spent, you know, it wasn't like it sunk the business or it hurt us that, you know, like drastically, but you know, we spent five to 10 grand and basically got zero installs. Uh, And so we're like, okay, I'm never going to, I'm bitter about podcast ads. I'm not reinvesting in that because I know with Facebook that that's not possible because of the, you know, past traction and the current traction that we have. So yeah, I would say for me and us podcast ads have been a huge flop and we were expecting like, Oh, we can't wait for this podcast to drop. It's going to be flying in. We're like two clicks on the bit.ly on um, UTM parameters, two visits to Google Analytics were like two visits, no installs. <laughs> even oh. one install on two visits, I would have been surprised at the 50% install rate or conversion rate. <laughs> but Oh, and yeah, and some of these podcast placements, they aren't freaking cheap. So I, I mean, know, do they share with you the numbers out of curiosity? We don't even do this. So I'm kind of like, do they gauge yeah. how many get the average users per episode? They say, they'll tell you, hey, we get 3,000 downloads per Per uh, you know, per per episode, and that's great if you get three thousand downloads. But how many people actually listen to them, and how many are downloaded automatically because of some app that you use that like cues up the recent ones that you're following? So like, download rate versus listening completion time is not the same, and we didn't get that information. Man, that's yeah, because it's like 2020 was the year of the podcast for sure. So I'm kind of curious how people continue to monetize them and actually possibly make these placements actually work because I don't think I've ever bought anything from a podcast. I mean, I just like to chill and not buy anything when I'm listening for the most part, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much that's me too. I think the only time I can think of that I may have bought something or at least checked it out was like a Tim Ferriss podcast back in the day or maybe like a Joe Rogan podcast, but for the most part, not not for me. Yeah, no, poor ad. Oh, yeah, and, and now that you bring up Joe Rogan, I think I have actually bought some brain juice. It. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like the freaking whatever brain stuff, alpha brain or whatever. Yep, alpha brain. That's some good stuff. It's, it's all right. I can't do it every day, but hey, it is what it is. Well, snap, that's quite a poor ad story. A podcast placement that didn't generate one install. Okay, that's, that's solid there. So for the final segment, we love to kind of dive in, kind of meet the crossroads of marketing and the financial side of things. So what's you know, a good financial tip based off your expertise that you can kind of provide for the audience here? Um, I think depending on like where you are in your life, like a lot of people want to make money and a lot of people also are like find themselves above opportunities sometimes uh, mentally, right? Like I have some friends who don't, you know, aren't maybe in the best financial situation, but they also won't go do <laughs> common jobs. And like, and I'm not saying you need to go work at a store or go do something like basic, but like, there are so many creative ways to make money online or in person. And I think that like, I don't know, I just think that you shouldn't be above any opportunities. And so like, even, you know, our business is a, you know, seven figure a year profitable business. But I still think that my co founder and probably anybody on our team and myself are still doing side hustles. And not full time to the point of getting distracted, but it's like, I don't know, I think uh, I'm not, I don't think anybody should be above doing any type of work. And so I think until you are where you are, like where you want to be financially, there should be no like real excuse. Um, And so as a financial tip, I would just say like, there's so many creative ways to make money. And if you want to make money, obviously, there are better things to focus on not just make money, right? Like that money is a byproduct of doing things with passion and doing them well and helping solve problems. But uh making money is not that hard. Just don't be above an opportunity, I guess. Ooh, I love that. And I mean, co- the, the year of the COVID's perfect for that. Everybody's out of work. They can find new things to do. You can find anything on freaking YouTube these days to kind of at least get the basics down. And then you can, you know, hire somebody to do some coaching there. So sure. I mean I think I mean, people okay. with limes, the scooters, like birds and limes, like in my neighborhood, they're they're polluted and littered everywhere. And I use them sometimes and drive them, but I mean, you can make $5 per scooter to charge them overnight. Really? And so like, yeah, they pay you 5 to $6, depending on where they are, to charge them. And to charge one overnight, you just plug it in, and then it's charged. <laughs> and so like, there are people who have trucks that pick up like 50 of them, and they make $250 every night overnight by charging the limes. And the cost to charge them is like less than 10 to 15 cents per charge. So like yeah, this means Lime doesn't have to do any work. But like, if you said, Hey, would you go charge Limes for an extra $35 a day? Most people would be like, No, are you kidding me? Why would I do that? And I'm like, well, $35 a day is $1,000 a month. And if another 1000 or $12,000 a year is important to you, then why wouldn't you do it? (laughs) Oh, that's just like dumb. That's the same kind of thing I'm talking about. Like, don't be above an opportunity. So I have, you know, it's like a mom. You don't have to do a lot of work. It's not something that's hard. You just have to go out and look for it. So imagine if you're doing that before, before you go to bed, you go can commit to finding 10 scooters in your neighborhood, right? They charge overnight and you have to drop them off in the morning. Okay. Maybe the place that you drop them off is co- like coincidentally really close to your coffee shop in the morning. So now it's not out of your way. You're actually getting paid $50 every day to go get a cup of coffee. And You know what I mean? There's just a lot of ways to like make money. And I think a lot of people ignore that because they're waiting for something shiny and sexy, like to be a cool influencer or to have this happen or XYZ happen. And it's like, that's not always the case. Things don't come to you, you go to them. So you bring up, you know, the super sexy, shiny things. And I know in this industry, I'm notorious of it, you know, shiny object syndrome. I don't know if it's something you deal with at all. It could not be, it could be, but how do you kind of, you know, stay aligned with what your actual goals are to kind of, you know, really not fall into the traps of shiny optic syndrome where, you know, you're spending more time learning something versus, you know, fine tuning a special craft. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've been dealing with that because I have ADD and I'm really, I, I get attracted to things and I like the beginning process of building and like actually building. I'm not, I wouldn't say generally I've been someone who's the best at scaling and like scaling might be different for everybody. For me, scaling is like at least $10 million a year, hopefully more. Right? So for me, I've always gotten to like, Oh, a couple million a year. And then it's like, oh new idea, new project, new this. And then I'm like, wait, I have six projects going on. All I really need to do is one and go really deep on it because once you do that for long enough and you're like focus on it and you're actually passionate about it, right? You're doing things for the right reasons probably going to have success. And after you've done that, then you can start going like wide instead of deep because now you don't have to be involved with 15 projects. You can invest in 14 projects that you love while still going deep on the one that you are involved with in, in most, right? So I've definitely been <laughs> dealing with this since I was probably a kid. Now, now that I'm focused on live recover as my main business, yeah, I have like a small side hustle, but it's not something that distracts me from my business. It's still my core project. And there's nothing else. If someone said, what do you do? I would say I run a business called Live Recovery. I wouldn't even mention anything else. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you your, your your interest is compounded for sure when you focus on one thing over time. And then you look back and you're like, oh shit. Okay. That's why people focus on one thing. No one's the best at everything. If they said that they were, they're lying to you. <laughs> oh yeah. And I want to give a special shout out to my Adderall prescription for this podcast for this reason, you know. but <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I know that's a real thing in these these times. But man, this has been an absolute blast. You know, give everybody an idea. You know, how can we support you? Any cool projects kind of coming up in the mix? Um, yeah, I mean, if you run an e-commerce business, whether it's on Shopify or maybe you use sticky IO, which I think was connective or connective CRM or WooCommerce, Magento, Joy, you name it. Uh, if you want to recover carts over text message, you know, we'd love to chat with you. Otherwise, you know, if you ever want to just talk e-commerce, paid media, holler at me on Twitter, Dennis Hegsted. There we go. Y'all know how to find yes, it. Yes sir. Well, Dennis, my man, we got to link up in Austin soon one of these days and get some barbecue or margaritas or queso or something, man. Yep, I'm down with that. Hell yeah. But once again, man, thanks for jumping on this. I absolutely loved it appreciate it yeah it was, it was a blast sorry it took so long and uh hopefully yeah hopefully barbecue and, and beer soon
1: hell yeah all right later man see ya thanks so much for listening to another episode of the rich ad poor ed podcast if you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go go ahead and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify youtube and richadporead.com slash podcast and if you absolutely love the show Go ahead and leave a review and a comment. Share with a friend. If you do, take a copy, screenshot of it. Email me, Zach at funnel Show me you left a review. And I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ad book. To learn more about the book, go to richadpoorad.com. To leave a review, go to richadpoorad.com slash review. Thanks again.